Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you disorder, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But if the, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Morning, everyone. I hope you're all wet. Oh, I hope you're all dry, not wet. Look, that mixed up. So keep your Bibles open. We're going to be looking at James 3 today. And pray with me first as we start to look at the passage. Okay, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, Father, that even when it's raining, even with all these different challenges that happen to us, we can still meet and listen to your voice and your word. Please, Father, today that as our hearts listen to you, please, Father, that you might transform our hearts, our minds, and also our actions. And I pray, Father, for all of us that you will help us to be more like your son today. Amen. All right. Give me a sec. I'll just set up a little bit here. All right, I'll give you a little bit of a hypothetical. Sorry about that. Thank you. I'll give you a bit of a hypothetical. Imagine three people from our church in Hong Kong Cafe in Chatswood having a lunch and they're having a little bit of a discussion. It's Garrick, Angus, and a deacon. Don't ask me why they're all there, but they're all there. Imagine all of those three there. And then Garrick says to all of them, hey, I just had $10 off my electricity bill because I changed the light bulb at home. I just changed it. It's a new light bulb. I saved $10 from that. Cool. Then Angus says, Oh, I also I also have something to say to you. I also saved $200 on my new car because I fixed something in my car and I saved $200 for it. And, and Garrick was like, Oh, great. And then the deacon was like, I also have something to say to you. We have a new pasta. We chose a new... Hi, John. We, we chose the new pasta. So the question is, right, when we think about things that we like getting, like for example, saving money, we all love that, right? Or like getting the bang for your buck. It's something wise. Or getting a new pasta or choosing a new pasta. But the question is, right, who actually was wise among the three? Was it Garrick? Was it Angus? Or was it the deacon? I think it's kind of all of them, right? Because wisdom is something very, very broad, but something that we all want and something that we all kind of do. And here in this passage, we have a particular, let's say, section that talks about particular wisdom. But the question is, right, what is wisdom actually? What is wisdom? It's not something in your tooth. It's not something in your mouth. Wisdom in the Bible does not have a neat definition as we think. Because we in Sydney, we're used to you know, very neat definitions of justification, sanctification, and all those different things. But wisdom is quite hard to define. So there's three broad strokes throughout all of the Bible that you see when it comes to wisdom. So first, wisdom, broadly speaking, the Bible has to do with relationships. Proverbs seven, or Proverbs 1, verse 7. I'm just going to go there quickly. You don't have to turn. But if you want, you can turn with me. Proverbs 1, to 1, 7 says this about wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It has to do with relationship. So being wise means actually to relate yourself to God. That's one brushstroke. 
The second brushstroke is wisdom and creation. In Proverbs 3, verse 19, it has to do with creation. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped the dew, as it is happening now. So to some extent, this rain and this phenomena that we have is by the wisdom of God. That is one. And then the third one has to do with wisdom and righteousness. That's our passage today in James. James 3. So if you flip back to James 3, if you're following along, go back to James 3. Now in James 3, we have an interesting section here because this is the end of chapter 1 to 3. That's the end of one big chunk of James. So if you've been following along in, the, in your um, in, in, in church or maybe you've been reading James by yourself in your quiet time, Chapter 1, verse 20, forgot the verse, verse 22, all the way to chapter 3, to our section now, is one big section. And verse 13, or verse, in, verse 13 to 18, is the ending of that section. And you see that because, in verse 17, if you're looking on, look in verse, chapter 3, verse 17, the wisdom from above the first, pure, peaceable, gentle, Willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Where have we seen those themes before? We've seen good fruits or maybe good works in chapter 2. Faith and works go together. Faith without works is dead. Or deeds in some translations. And B, we look at partiality as well or in chapter 2. A long time ago. And then also we looked at last week with John's sermon on hypocrisy. Because it talks about hypocrisy there in verse 17. So what is James trying to actually get to you is this. All of what he said is, alright, cool, I said these things to you, but the problem is, right, will you actually apply that? And he says, if you do, you're wise. And if you don't, you're a fool. You're a fool. That's the, that's the biblical dichotomy. So, let's look then at what James is actually trying to say. So let's break the passage down from verse 13 all the way to verse 18. So the first one is, wise. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not, bo do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above. So I'll stop there first. So firstly, James is try trying to say, to sum up, who is wise among you? Who then is wise? Who has understanding? Is it the people that are rich? Remember that is the theme in James. Or is it the people that are poor? Who is wise among you? It is shown by your good life. It is not only intellectual wisdom. If you have a PhD, good on you. If you've got an academic degree, good on you. But wisdom here in James is not only up here, but it's also in your heart and with your hands. It is by our life that your whole that your works are shown. And it is with gentleness, born of wisdom. It is not something that is proud. It is not something that is prideful. It is also not something that is brash. Because in our world today, we value getting ahead in life. We value getting the best out of people. And sometimes in an arrogant or boastful way. But gentleness is something that is so tied with wisdom that you can't take it away from it. So your life actually is a life of wisdom. And what does that actually look like in James? Well, it means to look like 
a faith that looks at the word and applies it. And in chapter 2, it is a person that loves all types of people. And then on chapter 3, it is a faith that shows itself in works. It is not a dead faith. It is an alive faith. And in chapter 3, it is about your speech. So to be wise then is to actually have authentic faith. To be wise is to actually have authentic faith. We hate fakes. right? You, you, I know when I was in the um, Philippines once, I was shopping, and then there was this shirt that says low cost instead of la cost, but it still had the, the thing. <laughs> Now that's a phony, that's a fake. We hate that. Or sometimes, you know, it's cheap so we buy it. But it is fake. We don't like it. So a true wise person is one that has authentic faith. In your head, in your heart, and in your hands. And and it is shown in your whole life. And it is shown in your whole life. Now, what is actually the opposite then of being wise? Verse 14, let's look at it. But if you have bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boast, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. So look at verse 14. But if you have bitter envy, it is the opposite of what is in verse 13. Selfish ambition in your hearts. I don't need to explain that. It's very straightforward. Selfish ambition. Things that drive us for me, all about me, envy. This probably was happening in the congregations. This is already seen in chapter one to two, right? With their problems with their with treating each other as brothers, when with the rich and the poor, and talking in the wrong way in chapter three. Sin is foolishness, and here such wisdom is actually not true wisdom. It does not come from above. It is not the wisdom in Proverbs. It is not the wisdom that you see from the Bible. But actually, it is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. That's crazy. That is not good. So in the realm of sin, in the realm of, let's say, more immorality, that is actually not God's way of living. It is not the way he created the world. And it is also not how we should live before him. Remember, in Proverbs, right? In Proverbs 1, wisdom has, wisdom has an aspect of relationship to God. And here, this wisdom actually rejects God. It is full of bitter envy and selfish ambition. And therefore, it is not wise. It is the wisdom of the world. It says to God's wisdom, I don't care about your wisdom, God. I'm going to live my own way because I think this is wise. And James says this is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. We've already had mentions of the of the darkness or the spiritual forces of evil in chapter 3 it says here about the tongue being set on fire by hell and also an unauthentic faith i should say that again an unauthentic faith that even the demons believe in god and shudder so you see it all over in james as well and if you look at chapter 4 sorry that's a different one don't worry about that one but here but you see then in james that actually that type of wisdom that does not come from God actually is earthly, it's from sin, it's from this world, or more scarily enough, it's actually from the devil. And that is not good. So when we do sin, first of all, ask yourself the question, is this actually good, wise, or is this actually from my heart? Or more importantly, am I actually going into the realms of the devil? 
because sin is scary. We can't say that. Because here in, you know, in the Western society, we are very naturalistic. Because if you go to school, they teach you everything that can be explained by natural phenomena, science, or lately, when you have a crime, psychology. Oh, he was psycho. Therefore, we should take him out of, out of court. He's psycho. But sometimes, actually, in the Bible, it says that our sin and our behavior can go into the realm of the demonic. Sin. It is crazy. It is unspiritual. It is earthly. And then what does that actually look like? Verse 16. Look at me in verse 16. For, for where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. And that relates to, again, in wisdom and creation. Right? Wisdom and creation. There is order in the universe. False wisdom brings disorder. Have you ever been to a place, maybe your workforce, where there is no order because of a particular difficult person or a system or more or more sadly enough, abuse. Does it function? No. How much more amongst the Christian community when there is sin, such as envy and selfish ambition, where there is no love for the other, or where there is, I want to get ahead, I want to get a position at church, or more, or more scarily enough, division in church because of your own way. Now I'm not saying this is our church, but I want to warn us from that danger. Because that wisdom does not come from God. And it will lead to not only functional disorder, but sin, wickedness of every kind. Have you watched, um, let's say, movies about drugs? You know, drug dealers and whatnot? Oh, kids, if you're watching, don't watch that one. But if you're older, think about it. It's shown in those drug movies. There's a drug dealer, there's the police. They, they get a warehouse, they put the drugs in. And then they, have, they, and then they have false identities. And then the police come in, and then everyone gets shot. That's wickedness of every kind, of the unspiritual sort. And that can happen in church if there is envy and selfish ambition. So James is warning their congregation of those evils. But then there is hope, because in verse 17 he offers and he shows what wisdom actually looks like, what it means to follow God's word from chapter 1 to 3. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Let's break that down. But the wisdom from above that, from, that is from God, this righteousness aspect of wisdom is first pure. There is no wrong in it. Then peaceable. This is why I love piecemeal by Auntie Ping. Because it teaches us how to have harmony with one another that is biblical. Peaceable. It is gentle. We've already seen that in, chapter, in verse 13. Gentle. It's not selfish. It's not envious. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. That's the opposite of selfish ambition. It's willing to yield. It has full of mercy and good fruits. And you see that in a community that loves each other, that comes to peace when there is conflict, and when there is difference, people say, that's okay. My own way, it's alright. You go your own way. And we have a common good. And it is pure. 
That's what the, what's, that's what the community James is looking at here. And is trying to say to his people, this is what wisdom looks like. And it has no trace of partiality, verse 17, or hypocrisy. That's the inward self. It loves people. And it shows itself to be authentic because it's not hypocritical. Now, I love that image because that's the ideal image of us relating to each other as a church. So my encouragement is to reflect on that every single, maybe every single quiet time you have. So that as we continue to relate to each other at church, we can show these things maybe one by one. I can't expect church, we can't expect church to be the best suddenly. It's little steps. So maybe in our quiet times and then together at church, we can see that, hey, I do see purity. I do see peaceableness and gentleness. And the result of that is a harvest of righteousness and it is sown in peace for those who make peace. Now, let's break this down then to application. How does in this actually apply to the situations that we have here in church? Because I know church can be a complicated place and life can be a complicated place. So let's have some sort of situations here. How do we apply James 3? So applying wisdom first to this quote that you always hear from people in the world and maybe people from your own life. You need to make it in life. You need to make it in life. You need to get a good job. You need to go to uni so that you can make it in life. Okay, how does that actually fit in with the wisdom from the Bible? First, wisdom and creation. Yes, that is wise because there is a principle of doing and working. Doing and working. There is a proverb, I think in, I forgot where it was, but an ant gathering food before it rains so that it doesn't get washed away. That the proverb, that the, the guy who wrote proverbs said, follow the ant. Work. So you need to make it in life, can be actually wise. But then this is where James comes in. If you say, you need to make it in life and I'm going to maybe trample on some people at work, maybe slander some people so I can get the higher position, well then, that's twisted. That's a twisted way of getting ahead in life because that's purely what James talks about. That's selfish ambition. That is actually not wise. And more importantly, the third aspect of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, there is absolutely no fear of the Lord in that. So can we say that in that? Can we say then at the end of the day, is that wise? I would say pragmatically, but ultimately, no. Because James says, he, the true wisdom here in James says peace and righteousness and gentleness. Well then, maybe a truly, truly wise person then is one who obeys God whilst getting ahead as well in the world. Doing it for God. Helping others in the workforce. Loving others. Maybe that's what it looks like. And note as well on wisdom, it is not straightforward. So if, I, if you have questions about wisdom and situations, talk about it in your cell groups. I'll talk about it in your one-to-ones or at lunch because it is not straightforward. I'm just giving you some principles so that you can apply these things in your life and be wise people before God. Number five, situations at church. This is ooh, this is what I like because this is pretty real. Just a note as well, this is what I've observed among people. This is not necessarily a judgment. Number one, what do I study? If I'm in year 12, what should I study? How does James 2 actually fit into that? Well, Am I going to take a career that will help me have selfish ambition? Or will I have a career that can actually help me to be pure, gentle, and willing to heal, full of mercy, and, and more importantly, good fruits for society and for the church? What will I study? Or who to date? 
Oh, everyone just looked up. Who did date? Who should I date? I'm not going to get into that because I have no clue about that. You, you tell me. Three, who to marry? Again, I have no clue about that. But who to marry? But you have some clue in 1 Corinthians 7 about a believing husband and an unbeliever. And singleness in that regard as well. But yes, we also have the wisdom of the people that are married. Talk to them. They have wisdom about these things. Or more importantly, how to budget. How do I budget? It says in Matthew that we are stewards. It's all in God's word. And number five, how to take care of my children. They might have as little children selfish ambition and envy. How do I actually take care of them? How do I teach them to be first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to heal? See how wisdom can apply to all these different situations that we have. Or more importantly to the people here, how do I retire? What should I do? Or what should I do? Yeah, I'm probably more closer to that one. What should I do, right? What should I do when I retire? Should I just take a holiday, go on a 10-year cruise? I don't know. But how can I show my good fruits even in my old age? How can I show the harvest of righteousness in my old age? Or number seven, conflict. Conflict in church. Now, conflict sometimes is what we do sometimes at church, churches that are more Asian, is that we have conflict, we don't talk about it. And then we just kind of just simmers. And then you put it under the carpet. And then as the pressure cooker goes, it explodes and it's a big mess. Right? We all know it. But how then will we resolve conflict, as Auntie Ping helpfully shares with us every month? How do we do the, the peace stuff? How do we have peaceable communities? It's a question of wisdom. Or, how do I deal with that annoying person at church? Should I have partiality, as it says in verse 17? Or should I have no partiality with that person? So wisdom can be complicated. And the most this is, a, this is one situation that's also very, very complicated. I was talking to someone. He was, this was from my um, apprenticeship days back in EU. He was talking to me, and he was very concerned because he and his girlfriend had a fight. So he, had, he and his girlfriend had a fight. I was like, oh, what's the fight about? He said, oh, I want to become a ministry apprentice at this place, but my girlfriend doesn't want me. And I'm like, oh, why? That's a good thing to do. What's wrong with that? She said, oh, well, she says that um, it's unfaithful to the Bible. And I'm like, oh, it's a bit strange. It's a evangelical group in Sydney. What's wrong with that? She said, oh, it's because they allow women to teach. And then she said, I shouldn't do it in that one. In that uni, I should do it somewhere else. I'm thinking of breaking up with her. What should I do? I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't break up with her yet. So I, I was just listening. I was just thinking, oh, what do I say in this one? I, I have no clue what to say. So I just said to her, talk to her. Talk to her first and then come back to me until I look for an answer. So I didn't know what to say. Wisdom is hard. Righteousness is hard. Because we live in a complicated world. But the question for us today, will we seek to be wise as Christians in EFC? Will we show it and will we start with it this week? Or will we default to our natural inclinations that is called sin, which is earthly, unspiritual? Will we go in those places? 
But we have good news in Christ. Turn to me in Matthew 7. We have good news in Christ. Though we might have wisdom is con- wisdom confused in our, in our generation, in our day, we have Christ in Matthew 7. It's also kind of very similar. James finishes his section with wisdom. Jesus finishes his sermon on the mount with wisdom. What? Really? Yeah, I'll show you. Verse 24 of chapter 7. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and it great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished his saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority, not as their scribes. You see there that what Jesus says is quite astonishing. He says, if you listen to my words, you're wise. You are wise. So, all of reality can be seen through Jesus' words. And that's wisdom. And for us now, it's not just Matthew 7, it's the whole Bible. And that's good news because we don't know all things. We don't know all things. And knowing all things sometimes can be very costly as well. You have to go to uni and all these things. But... As Christians, we have this grace. We have this grace from Christ that He's brought us in, and now He's taught us as His as His disciples and as His children from, from God that we have wisdom from Him, and that we can navigate His world in true wisdom because He has shown it to us, and that's great. But more importantly, in terms of our salvation, God's wisdom actually saved us. I want you to turn to one Corinthians one. Wisdom is more than just getting ahead in life or being wise or being righteous. At the core of it, Jesus becomes our wisdom in 1 Corinthians 1. And this is where I will end. 1 Corinthians 1, starting from verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, that's you, right here, right now, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And then it goes all the way down to say that Jesus becomes the source of your life and who became for us wisdom from God. The ultimate wisdom that you see from God, not only can you see it in creation and His righteousness, but in restoring relationships to Himself. Restored you to God and restored us in relationship with Him. That's true wisdom. So my encouragement for us today is, Christ is our wisdom. Do you want to be wise? Know Christ and know His Word. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you so much that we can be wise. We thank you so much that we have each other to be wise from. But more importantly, we have Christ and his word so that we can be wise before you. Father in heaven, I pray that you might help us in our situations where we can be earthly. Father, please help us and all of us to love each other, to have communities that are peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. And Father, I pray that our church might so might have a harvest of righteousness that is pleasing to you. And Father, I pray as well for us as we go back home, please protect us from the rain. And Father, we thank you so much for the rains that have um, ended some of the fires and also given us rain for the catchments and for the farmers. Father, we thank you so much for who you are in Christ and that in, uh, that in Christ that we can be restored to you and that this is your great wisdom. Father, help us to praise you because of this. Amen.